Hello, everyone, and welcome to HR Works, the podcast for HR professionals. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to join us. I am the host of HR Works, Jim Davis, and the editor of the HR Daily Advisor. This podcast aims to put valuable tools and knowledge into the hands and ears of you, the HR professional. Those tools will arm you with the best methods and strategies for attracting, motivating, and retaining top talent. What happens when an HR professional finds themselves in the middle of a high growth phase at their organization? Do you scale up your HRIS? Do you hire more staff to handle the new employees? How do you maintain culture during such a disruptive time? Today's guest has a lot of experience surrounding high growth. Greg Brown is the CEO of Reflective, a people management platform. Before that, Brown served as a senior vice president of the international business at Blackhawk Network, which helps companies create rewarding experiences and relationships. Prior to Blackhawk Network, Brown held the position of chief revenue officer at Achievers, an employee recognition and engagement solutions company. He has held many other roles as well, but the current shared among them is that he helped each undergo periods of high growth. Greg, thank you so much for joining us today. Great to be with you, Jim. Let's jump right in. Could you just explain for our audience your experience with high growth in organizations? Sure. Uh, Back in 2000, I was fortunate enough to join a company at the time that no one had ever heard of called WebEx. And uh, we were about 50 employees, just under 50, actually, about 3 million revenue. And uh, it was, you know, one of those uh, rare instances back in the dot-com uh, era where, you know, I, I just was fortunate enough to pick a winner. And I have had an opportunity to grow with that organization for seven plus years from the early days of being one of the first employees through, uh, you know, uh, rapid acceleration and growth, uh, which really culminated in an exit. Uh, we sold to Cisco uh, seven and a half years later for, and we went from 3 million revenue sold for 3.2 billion. And, and that was really about 50 employees all the way up to uh, almost 3000 employees. So as you can imagine, uh, you know, through that, uh, you know, kind of period of growth, tremendous learning and, uh, and, uh, and experience that I was able to, I was able to get. And then I would just say more recently, I guess, uh, you know, you know, and probably relevant to your HR audience, I uh, spent about five years with Achievers. I uh, jumped on board with, uh, and Achievers is a recognition and engagement company. I'm sure many of your, uh, you know, members are familiar with. And uh, we were about 25 million when I jumped on board there, about 150 employees, and and uh, was able to, uh, you know, uh, be a, you know a key component, a key contributor, if you will, uh, to the growth for uh, you know the, the five years that I mentioned up, you know, north of 100 million in revenue through an acquisition by a company called Blackhawk. So. Very fortunate to be involved in, in those two, uh, you know, kind of high growth phases of uh, the maturation of those businesses. That's a, a pretty intense learning curve right there in the beginning. Um, do you? But obviously, you succeeded. Uh, part of what we're interested in today is, you know, uh, our listeners aren't necessarily going to be heading these kinds of efforts, but they are going to find themselves involved in high growth uh, at some point or another. Um, you mentioned you worked with Achievers. Uh, you would say you have a good familiarity with HR in general? Yeah, I, I absolutely. You know, I, ha- I didn't have any familiarity with selling technology in the HR uh, environments prior to Achievers. But, you know, through that five-year period, uh, being very customer-focused uh, and spending a lot of time in, in market with our customers to really understand, you know, what was working and why and, 
and what wasn't working in their environments, and then and, and really taking that feedback back, and, and uh, you know ensuring that what we were developing from a product perspective, as well as the services we were bringing to market, which is just as if not more important, uh, we're supporting what our HR uh, leaders were trying to accomplish in their organizations in support of their company's goals. So. Yeah, I got very, very uh, intimately aware of, of the opportunities and some of the challenges that uh, HR leaders uh, are facing. When you're conducting these high growth efforts, how closely would you say that you worked with people from HR? You know, very closely uh, you know, to the point to where, you know, when I can give any current example, when I came into Reflective, uh, I mentioned to, to Rachel, our, our VP of people, that I was going to be spending more time with her than anybody else on, on my senior leadership team uh, for the simple reason that, uh, you know, I learned early on and it was really in those WebEx days that, uh, you know, the most important component when scaling is getting the right people on the bus. Uh, and, you know, strategy's great, but if you don't have the right folks in the organization to put that strategy together, but more importantly, uh, as rapidly as we were growing, uh, you know, the markets were changing all the time. We went through the dot-com bubble bust, uh, you know, and so, you know, if we didn't have the right folks on, in that organization to be able to weather that storm, adapt rapidly, and then, you know, identify how we were going to overcome some of the obstacles and then come through the other side. If we didn't have those folks on the, in the organization, you know, we would have gone by the wayside like a lot of companies did at that time. But, uh, you know, we really did focus intently on, on talent, making sure that, um, you know, roles were identified very clearly and, and outcomes as well as we were hiring people on so that we maximized, you know, our... Uh, you know, opportunity, if you will, of, of making sure that those critical hires hit the mark. And uh, it was critical. It really was. And, and I took that experience forward and have you know, really uh, kind of carried that into all the uh, additional uh, leadership roles that I've had. That's very interesting and very challenging, I imagine, particularly from um, the role of HR. And part of how I wanted to characterize this is, you know, there's going to be people who know their company wants to grow rapidly, but then there's going to be some HR managers that will be caught sort of flat-footed, you know, with a change in leadership or a sudden push from a board saying, you know, we want to see this kind of growth in this amount of time. Um, what, were, what were some of the things that HR managers had to handle um, when their organizations were growing so quickly that, that you saw? That's a good question. I think that, you know, as I was talking about, how I, you know, talent being so important, I think a solid, implementing a really solid structured hiring process uh, is, is, is without question critical. You know, I think, you know, for us, culture uh, fit was really, really important. And, uh, and in order to, you know, maximize your ability to, uh, you know, to kind of hit the mark and bring folks in that had all the functional capability that you were looking for, but what we're really going to fit into our culture and, and the team first mentality that we were fostering there, uh, you know, you need a solid hiring process on, uh, you know, to be able to handle that. I'll tell you the second thing was as you're growing as fast as we grew, you know, onboarding, you know, it, it, it couldn't have been more important because with the amount of folks we were hiring, uh, the onboarding, having a, an effective onboarding process just accelerated the impact of those new hires. Uh, especially in sales where they've got quotas and the, and the faster you can get them from point of onboarding to being productive and generating real revenue for the company, uh, you know, the faster you grew. Uh, so, you know, another really important point. And then because, again, we were growing that fast, you know, you've got to be able to develop your talent. 
Uh, so talent development programs, this is something we didn't do as early on, you know, when we were 1,500 employees, but we rapidly understood that if we didn't have programs on board to develop the talent, uh, they were going to figure out ways to, de and to develop themselves outside of our company. And we didn't want to lose those eight players. So uh, we started intently focusing on developing talent. Uh, and uh, at the same time, uh, you know, talent assessment, because when you're hiring that many people, you're not always going to get it right. So. Uh, there was an ongoing cadence of, uh, you know, assessing the talent we had. And when we made mistakes, uh, you know, we addressed them uh, to the benefit of the, of the employee as well as uh, the company. And then, you know, finally, uh, it was, you know, really understanding when people exited the company, uh, spending time with them, uh, exit surveys and, and interviews and what have you to inform us as to what was working and what we were doing well and where we had opportunity to improve and then bringing that feedback back and, and acting on it. So those are some of the key areas, I think, that uh, were important to us at the time at, at WebEx and, and Achievers, uh, similarly, uh, that really kind of helped determine our success. You mentioned a couple of things that you had to learn as you went or, you know, areas that, you know, perhaps weren't as strong as they need to be. And you really only identified it while you were moving. Um, you know, what are some of the kinds of things that you feel maybe a unprepared HR manager might get blindsided by? Uh, as far as being blindsided, or maybe that maybe they didn't have a top of mind that should have been as high a priority uh, as it could or should have been. I think one of them is, is leadership development. Uh, because in many companies uh, that are growing that rapidly, you know, individual contributors are the, the next line of managers. They're the ones that the high-performing individual contributors often get promoted into management roles, uh, but they have no prior management experience. And you know, in, in some cases, those folks are uh, to, to a large degree left to their own devices to figure out how to become great managers. And so, you know, I think it really is critical uh, that you know, as as you're as you're scaling and growing, that yeah, you have opportunities. Uh, to develop that talent uh, and put processes in place to develop that talent so that they are ultimately successful in those new roles. You mentioned uh, culture earlier, and I've talked with a number of individuals that deal with mergers and acquisitions. Uh, one in particular was uh, the Smucker Company. Um, they you know, had, I forget how many, something like seven acquisitions in a few short years. You know, and they had a very strong sense of what their culture was. They're in one of these organizations that understands how important it is to have a culture, to be hands-on with your culture, and to develop it actively. You know, and one of the things they struggled with, which is I'm sure something you're familiar with, is that as they rapidly grew, and particularly as they took on organizations that were completely different from them, they had to find a way to maintain and... and create that that cultural connection between the various groups the various new companies that they acquired but also to as they grew maintain their existing values um, is that something that um, that you had to handle or deal with oh absolutely uh, like I think and I, I mentioned it earlier but I think you know culture is the most important uh, you know, aspect of of really getting it right in terms of you know high growth companies and, and organizations uh, developing themselves and and being able to you know kind of stay the course and stick to the mission and really align employees to you know to what you know the top line objectives are and and culture starts at the top uh, you know leadership sets the tone for any organization and uh, you know, I think it's really important employees need to know that 
uh, as a leader that you're in the boat with them. Uh, so leading from the front uh, is is really important and um, something that you know that is I'm consciously aware of and have been in the various leadership roles that I've been in. Uh, and I think, you know, to that point, you know, showing vulnerability uh, you know, is, I found it to just be, you know, critical in being able to develop and create a culture of trust so that employees, uh, you know, really feel uh, and, and know that uh, it's okay to fail and that uh, you don't have to know everything. And, and we, you know, we want folks uh, to have, you know, really the mindset of a growth mindset and ask questions and really dig in and be curious around uh, how things are working and, and how they can get better. Uh, and that, um, you know, we, we don't, I don't want folks you know, in the organization having to portray this image that they know it all. Uh, I want it to be, you know, a culture of learning and developing and growing. And, um, and I really try to embody that uh, sense of vulnerability uh, you know, as much as I can, because, I, you know, again, uh, you know, cultures are really established from the top. And, I want everybody to understand that you know, I surely don't know everything. And that, uh, you know, a growth mindset is something I think is really important to high-performing companies. Yeah, vulnerability is a topic that we've discussed a few times on the show um, because of how important it is for building connections between employees, connections between leaders and their employees. And just because it's kind of how humans really get to know each other and really get to trust each other. And it really is all about that trust. You know, um, I'm just trying to imagine what it's like for both, you know, the HR managers that make up our, our audience and really the, um, the new employee that's sitting in that seat knowing that they're one of dozens or maybe hundreds of new employees that their role is going to change rapidly, um, probably within a few short months. Do you did you have any um, interaction directly with candidates, or do you were you familiar with that process, or what what kind of strategies you guys use to sort of make people comfortable right from the beginning? I'm a, a big believer, and and look, we're about 170 employees here at Reflective right now, and I meet with uh, candidates in every function coming in, uh, depending on the nature of the roles we're hiring for, and. Uh, you know, and, and, and the hiring managers and really the, uh, you know, functional leaders desire to have me involved in that process. So uh, today in my current role, uh, as well as in prior roles as CRO and, and uh, you know, VP of sales and services at, at the variety of companies I've been with, uh, I've, I've always made myself accessible. And in many cases, uh, you, know, uh, you know, a member of the hiring team, uh, you know, at various levels of the organization, because I think that, you know, for a-player talent, uh, and especially in Silicon Valley, but even outside the Valley, uh, they really want to understand what's the perspective of leadership in this organization? What do they care about? Uh, what are the values of this business? Uh, and am I going to align with them? I think that, and really the only way for them to get that level of transparency and, and, uh, and assurance is to have a dialogue, have a conversation. And, and for me, uh, the, the way that uh, you know, I prefer to uh, make sure that you know the talent we have coming in gets that is is directly uh, you know through you know a dialogue whether it be on the phone or uh, you know face to face you know not necessarily through communication from others uh, you know and or uh, you, know, you know processes that are rolled out and what have you because you know that can say a lot but really uh, it's it's all about that interaction so yes uh, heavily involved uh, will always be uh, really in, uh, involved on the staffing side and uh, and I think. You know, regardless of the size of the organization, you know, you hear stories about Mark Benioff and Salesforce and others uh, up until, you know, they were, you know, a couple thousand employees was heavily involved in, 
uh, interviewing uh, at a variety of levels in the organization. And I really feel the same. I think, you know, that's, that's the way or one of the ways to ensure that, uh, you know, candidates, uh, you know, really can feel a sense of what this company is all about and how it's led. And then for us to, you know, to be able to make sure that, you know, we've got alignment, we're bringing the folks in, the type of folks in that uh, are going to embody the team first mentality that, that we're really looking to foster. Has there been a, was there a moment, I mean, you mentioned that you want to make sure that people feel comfortable that they could fail, you know, um, you know, I think that safety, that level of safety, knowing that you can take risks um, and that if you fail, that's not the end, is something that really allows us to succeed. Um, were, there, were there ever times where you were going through, you know, you were, you were moving this growth along um, at any of your organizations where you realized that you might fail and did something to, to avoid that? Uh, sure. Uh, one of, uh, you know, kind of the, one of the you know, first instances that comes to mind is when I had an, when I was at WebEx, I had an opportunity uh, to move to Europe and, and take over running our European operation that was at the time, you know, stagnated as far as growth. And we were growing rapidly in North America and, and, uh, and we were not having success over there. And I knew that. So I had an opportunity to go over there and take that business over and, uh, and, you know, invariably, it wasn't successful. It wasn't growing. So, you know, there, there absolutely was an element of uh, failure that, you know, that you ponder and consider. But uh, I really had a clear sense as to why and, and also a real, uh, you know, kind of clear understanding as to how I was going about it. And it really was all about people. You know, I, I as a part of that opportunity, when I accepted it, um, I got our CEO at the time to agree that I would be able to take three key uh, individuals with me on the, uh, to, to make up, uh, you know, kind of a core uh, of my leadership team. And, uh, you know, I knew those individuals were going to bring, uh, you know, the key elements of, of what we were going to need to be able to be adaptable, not knowing what we were going into. It was all about bringing folks on board into those roles that were curious, uh, passionate, driven, and adaptable. Uh, because my strong belief is you bring enough talented individuals with those characteristics together, you can overcome anything, right? Uh, because, you know, it, it really is about uh, putting teams together that have the ability to adapt and overcome. And, uh, and, and for us, it was really adapting to a new world, new environment. None of us were European, none of us had lived in Europe. And our job was to take the best of what we learned worked uh, in North America as far as go to market uh, and, and move over there with the mindset and a, you know, a, a high level of curiosity as to what, was, what were we going to have to learn and what we're going to have to adapt to uh, so that we could take the best of what we did in the U.S., and marry that with the cultural biases and cultural nuances of selling and doing business in these uh, in these countries that, that we had never worked in before. So uh, invariably, it was making sure that I had the right people on the bus. I had a core group of folks that uh, were going to go over with me, and then we added to that as we got over there, and and really made sure that it, it was uh, you know, kind of job one that we were all in the boat with uh, you know hiring you know, th those individuals that were going to have the same mindset, but also same cultural. Uh, kind of team first mentality that, you know, was you know, the team was above everybody else. And it was not about individual success. It was going to be about what we were going to collectively do to make sure that we put our employees in a situation to, to do the best work they could do, the best work of their lives. And we we're able to turn that around from the worst performing segment to the top performing segment in the company by the time we got acquired. And, and it surely wasn't because of any one individual. It was really because of the mindset that we all had. And and so how do I address the risk? It was really about, it was all about making sure that we had the right people, the right processes and the right mindset associated with you know what we were trying to accomplish. 
How similar are your strategies for high growth versus those of HR's strategies? I think very aligned, uh, very similar, uh, because you know, human, you know, HR inherently is all about people, and it's all about making sure the employees have the, you know, the resources uh, and support uh, that they needed to to do great work, uh, as well as bringing new folks into the organization that embody those that you know, kind of you know core values and traits that we hold, uh, you know, in high regard, and um, you know that's what I'm all about as well, uh, you know. So you know, I think very aligned. I, I'm not. I had many experiences, none that I can actually point to, to where I was, you know, kind of diametrically opposed to the values of either HR leader, HR department. I've always, you know, kind of been a people first guy. And that really just it really stems all the way back to my athletic background. And as a kid growing up and playing college sports and in teams and team environment, and just knowing you can't, you know, winning and losing is all about uh, whether or not you've got the team rolling in the same direction. And, and HR, the HR. I've been fortunate enough to work with HR leaders that have that that same mindset. So uh, I've uh, really never had any issues where there where there wasn't you know, good strong alignment. What advice would you have uh, for someone, perhaps one of our listeners, that is about to embark on this journey, and maybe is a little bit nervous about what lays ahead of them? You know, as, as far as for new folks that are embarking on a journey either into a you know, CEO role or senior, senior leadership role in a high growth environment or uh, or into a, even a larger organization, high growth environment, I, you know, I think it, it really, you know, for me is always just boiled down to really understanding uh, at the highest level, you know, what the organizational objectives are and then, you know, working with, uh, you know, as a senior leadership team, working with the team to identify, you know, what are core values uh, in this organization, uh, and what are they, um, and why, uh, and establishing those core values as a team, and then embodying those core values, uh, and making sure that you know it, it is all about people, and making sure that as you're staffing and building that team, that uh, you're, you're staffing with those core values uh, as you know the you know, kind of top priority. Uh, it's not functional expertise, is, and it's really important. There's no doubt about it, but. Uh, you, if you don't have a group of folks in any organization that have the same beliefs and values, uh, you're going to have issues. You're going to have challenges. And so, you know, I think it's it's getting the senior leadership team on board with establishing that, you know, putting the criteria in place as far as staffing, strong staffing process to make sure that you hit the mark as many times as you can, uh, and and then you know, and then off you go and and having a mindset, a growth mindset, uh, you know, in any. I've been in, and you look at my background, you know, I've been in a number of different earlier to mid-stage companies, and there's not one of them where you didn't have to high, have a high level of curiosity, a high level of passion and drive for what you're trying to do, a high level of adaptability, and a high level of integrity. And, you know, I will say it uh, now and until then, you know, finish with my career in, in, you know, kind of this high velocity, high growth environment, that if you get folks with those characteristics on board uh, and establishing values that everybody's on board, board with and agreeing to at the senior leadership level and higher to those values, you're going to give yourself, you know, you know a high probability of success. And, um, you know, that's, that's the advice I would give a new either HR leader or a new line of business leader uh, that's, that's kind of jumping into this high velocity game. Fantastic. Well, I think that, uh, I think, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to do this with me. I really enjoyed it. I appreciate the opportunity. You're most welcome. I think it's going to be of a lot of value to our listeners. Um, speaking of listeners, we are always interested in any suggestions that you might have for what HR work should cover next. 
Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at HRWorksPodcast with any thoughts or concerns you have about the podcast in general or if you just want to say hi. Thank you for listening. This is Jim Davis with HRWorks. Works.